It's that time of the week again. Angie and Nicole. Yay! We are here and we have... Oh, uh, Nicole, I'm so excited about today. I have so much fun stuff to share with you. First of all, you're not going to believe this, but one of the faithful listeners to Angie and Friends on a Podcast has bought you a gift. What? Yes. The first gift oh my to stars. the podcast, and she's going to open it on the air. Are you kidding me? This came from Christy. Thank you, Christy, for being a blessing. Oh, my stars. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, wow. Tell everybody what it is. Oh. Now she's going to start I, crying, Christy. I am, because I'm saying, oh, my stars, and it's a shirt that says, oh, my stars. <laughs> She that said, is my heart. She said she saw that and thought of you instantly. Oh. I think that is so super special. We love Christy. I, I'm like so speechless. I <laughs> love this. I told you you were a famous podcaster. I am. <laughs> oh, that blesses my heart. And it's a fabulous color. It is. Oh now, the first thing she's going to do is cut the neck out. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> Um, actually, I already thought about that. Yes, I am. Yes, I will. She has this thing about things touching her neck. It is it is a thing, but it's still going to look good because you do it very gracefully. Now I'm all like super conscientious of saying all my stars because that's totally what I want to say. Well, there you go. Isn't that nice to be feel loved like that? It does. Like an unexpected blessing, blessing yep. and gift. And I'll tell you what. The morning I had today, <laughs> you needed I it. needed a little sunshine in my life. Yeah. And this is it. So a nice maroon wow. color and it With says, oh my, stars. <laughs> oh, my stars on it. Just like Nicole says all the time. Oh, my gosh. I'd change right now, but that might be a little awkward. We have a glass window. You don't want to do that. Right. right. <laughs> glass door. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, thank you for the surprise. You said it was Kristen. Christy. Christy. Yeah. Yay. Thank you, friend. Speaking of Christy, she was helping me yesterday. Her and her husband were helping me move some heavy items. And she... <laughs> Uh-oh. You know, I don't think about the things that are in my house that people don't know about me. Uh-oh. Do tell. There Do in tell. the corner was a color guard rifle and a flag. Oh, yeah. That says okay. Alex, <laughs> which I didn't realize. And Christy goes... Okay, what is this? And what don't we know about you? <laughs> right. Who's Alex? Alex was one of the girls in our color guard, and I ended up with her flag. On purpose? Well, they were my flags. But the, the, one of the moms had made these flags for us and put all the girls' name in an embroidery. And it was really cool. So this one just happened to be one of the ones that I grabbed for myself after the color guard was over. So I'm, anyway. Okay. It, they don't keep the equipment. I kept the equipment. Anyway. So a color guard rifle, actually two. I found my one in the other closet. I found one from 1984 or 83. Ooh, <laughs> totally vintage. It was pink. <laughs> it had tassels and Michael Jackson stuff all over oh, it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so wow. I was getting kind of a hard time from the friends that were helping me, but it was okay. So here's my question for you, oh, Nicole. Crap. If somebody was going to walk into your house right now, what would they be surprised about? Wow, you're totally throwing me for a loop. What would they be surprised about? I'm stumped. If somebody walked into my house, what would they be surprised about? Yeah, surprised to see that maybe is there. I can tell you a story from before, like a couple of times when people have walked in. Yeah, absolutely. So when we were in the military, remember one other mom who was a mother of five, she walked in my house. She's like, 
thinking, you know, looking, walking around. Then she goes upstairs. She goes, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that I, I'm so glad that I see that your whole upstairs hallway is trashed. And I said, what? <laughs> I mean, that threw me for a loop because they were piles of laundry and I separate by colors, but I did it by colors upstairs in the hallway. And I said, why? What do you mean? Why are you thankful that you see that? Or why are you like excited that you see? She said, because everything else is in order. And now I feel normal because I see that you have piles of stuff. <laughs> and that threw me for a loop. And yeah. so I do have periodic piles of things. But for the most part, my home is in order, almost to a fault. Order is different than clean. Oh, I'm not saying Mine's that my house not is not clean or orderly. <laughs> well, and it's and I had to learn a long time ago. There's not a right. It's not right or wrong. It's not I'm better than or they are better than. Yeah. But I've never been the type of person that won't allow somebody in my home because it's oh my gosh it's not ready. I'm like whatever. This is my life. Come you know knock on my door whenever. And they came to see you, not to see the house. Yes. And anybody that judges your house, just no. I, that's just I don't not right. Wanna, <laughs> no, it's not. And I don't want to be have a deep relationship. I don't want to say I don't want to be friends with them, but I don't want to have a deep relationship because if it's based on the way that something looks, then yeah. that's superficial. I can tell you that one of the things I was surprised about coming in your house was the mirrors. Oh, The room yes. of mirrors. I was really surprised about that because I've never seen anybody decorate to that extent with mirrors. So a couple of people have taken that to the level of, oh my gosh, you're so vain. And I'm like, What? Yeah, no, that's not the way. but this is how God has used it. So first of all, the house that we bought, the previous owner left over 16 mirrors in the home. And I know mirrors can be expensive. So I got on Pinterest, what do you do with mirrors? And so I saw that there are walls full of mirrors. So I befriended an interior designer in town and he and I kind of worked together. And so we have all the mirrors, the same color, style. And so, yeah, so they're on the wall. So God has used that to minister to me over the years, saying that we are to be a reflection of him. Mm. Well, not to mention you're building a relationship with someone who probably needed to hear about Jesus as well. Oh, so my there's gosh. so many blessings that have oh, to go absolutely. along with that. Absolutely. So the mirror surprised you. Is it because there first. were so many of you when you walked in the room? <laughs> You're like, oh, look had at Nothing me. to do with me. I don't <laughs> like looking in mirrors. But I just was surprised. I mean, when I was growing up, we had the end of our hallway had a whole wall of mirrors. It was just a way to make it look bigger. Right. And I have seen people that have done a couple of things with mirrors, but yours is like an extensive room of mirrors. So, I mean, it's just, it's just different. It's not, you know, wrong or bad. It's just no. different. So what else would people see in your home that they'd be surprised about? I'm going to throw in a dad joke. See how we're reflecting your on dad? the mirrors? <laughs> right. Total dad joke there. What else is surprising? Oh, gosh, Angie, I don't know. You tell you tell me. What else? What else threw you for a loop? I mean, I was there when the Christmas trees were there. I mean, I don't mind the two at the fireplace, but then I kept walking and was like, I didn't know that you owned them all. There's nothing wrong with that either, but I didn't know you owned so many Christmas trees. Yep. Are you still in the market of getting more? If my husband would let me, probably. <laughs> but my goal, my ultimate goal is, and again, we can discuss this more, I suppose, come Christmas time, because I'm super excited to decorate for fall. But With Christmas trees? I do have trees out for fall, and I put lights and leaves on them. Oh, okay. So those are fun. Then I transition into Christmas with the lights and decorating. I just like different seasons, and it makes it festive and fun, and I like to change things, and you can only change certain things. So I'm not changing my hair to light bulb. 
yellow, yeah, bright, <laughs> like me, <laughs> which is still settling very well. It's it, still beautiful. I, I'm is. rocking it now. I'm just, I'm just, cr- just saying. Yep, I'm yes. going with it. <laughs> yes. But I appreciate change for the most part, and so I can do that with my decorating. So I do fall and then Christmas, but my ultimate goal would be to have any place you stand in my house that you can see a Christmas tree. That's my ultimate goal. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good goal. I don't know if I have anything like that, (laughs) but But that's a cool goal. But it organically happened. So I pretty much have a tree in every room, except for maybe the bathroom. I bet we can fix that. Yeah, I've tried, but then that kind (laughs) of goes over the top. That's funny. All right. So let me ask you this. Oh my gosh. Okay, go. You have a nice little office with lots of books. Tell me about three of the books on your bookshelf. Oh, the power. I told you it was going to be fun today, didn't fun? I? Fun. You're asking me questions after questions. I, yes. Oh my stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, books. Wow. So one of the most powerful books that I've read over and over over the course of my marriage is Power of a Praying Wife. Ah, Stomio Martian. Yes. And so with that, then it was Power of a Praying Woman, Power of a Praying Parent. Yes, yes. All, all of those. But the one that the Power of a Praying Wife, I had a client early on in my banking life and she had lost her husband and I was able to help her through. She had never balanced a checkbook. She had never written a a check. Oh, wow. I mean, all of these things and all of this money, she didn't know what to do. And I was able to guide her through, found out she was a Christ follower. And so we prayed together. We talked through things together. And she gave me this book when I got a promotion and moved within the organization. And it was so powerful. And so over the course of our 23 years of marriage, I've pulled that book out just praying for my husband. And in turn, it was more about me and changing me. I can't change my husband. That's not my job. Well, as a young married woman, I thought it was my job that I was the Holy Spirit (laughs) for my husband. And I was quickly corrected numerous times, but I had to work on me and so still working on me. But that book was so powerful because all those prayers that I've prayed over the years, I have seen them coming to fruition time and time again. So that was a very powerful book. And I still have that on the shelf. So you said three. Three. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, aside from the Bible, but that doesn't count. Right, that's what I mean. Aside from that, because <laughs> I had to move a bunch of books, and I had—I was surprised. I was like, I forgot I had yeah. that one. I have some, you know, fantastic books that I've read over the years that were life-changing. Chip Ingram's *The Real God*, life-changing. Wow. I had changes that heal that changed my life right after I went through my first divorce. I needed that book because I was needing to have a change because a lot of, you know, my stuff I had to deal with. So Henry Cloud wrote that one. And the other book that I love that's on my bookshelf, The Forgotten God by Francis Chan. Have you read it? No, I haven't, but I love him. Yeah. Such an, I'm just like ODing on his videos lately. Right. He's, man, He's got a heart like I've got a heart like he just dropped everything and went to China as a missionary, like just went his whole family and his story. You're familiar with his childhood story. If not, you'll need to look that up. Isn't it? He grew up in an Asian American home. He lost both his parents at a very young age. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. And just looking at trauma and tragedy and how, again, beauty from ashes that God can take that and grow. But anybody. Just, I'm doing multiplied 
right now from him because I'm studying more on discipleship and how to make disciples just like Jesus asked us to do, right? Right. But the forgotten God is about the Holy Spirit. We pray to God. We pray sometimes to Jesus or we pray in Jesus name. We forget that there's another part of the Trinity and that is the Holy Spirit. So let's take this Holy Spirit conversation to a fun level that I have with my children. Okay. I don't know what's going on in the county right now, but our home outside and inside, the crickets are going crazy. Okay, so how do I take the Holy Spirit and crickets? Well, it's because we're joking and say it's Jiminy Cricket. And so we've been able to talk about, you know, the movie in Pinocchio where he talks about his conscience and that's Jiminy Cricket. Well, we talk about on the spiritual side of things, that's really the Holy Spirit. You've got the flesh and you've got the spirit. So when you've got that gut feeling with a Christ follower, that's the Holy Spirit that comes in that gives you peace or that is speaking to you. And so then with this whole cricket thing, it's led to conversations about the Holy Spirit. Now your kids are going to think that the Holy no. Spirit looks like Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> no, but I grew up in a world where it was the Holy Ghost. And so as a kid, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, it's a I ghost. don't know. Yes. Yeah. And so that's even ridiculous. But just that, that peace that overcomes that gentle, still voice. And yeah. you know, you know, you know that it's the Holy Spirit because you're in tune with that voice. And that's so important to know that. Just like we talked before about when your child knows your name, when you're cheering them on yeah. at, at a at a sporting event or a music concert, which you don't really talk out loud in the middle of a concert. Like, I mean, I do, but <laughs> but it's it's knowing the voices. Yeah. So I have to. This sparked an interesting conversation because we carry the Holy Spirit as believers, and. My prayer is always that people would see that before they would see anything that I have to bring to the table. Right. I've recently been in contact with a man I've just had interactions with after my accident. So I have to keep going to see him. And he's a Jewish man. And I've known him for a long time. But the other day, he said to me, you know, we don't talk politics or religion here. And I was like, okay. And I'm just listening to him. And he said, but there's something about you. There's something about you that... It's more gentle. Yes. And he was telling me all the things that he believes that God is. And I said, this is my life, first of all. And second of all, if you believe the way you're believing, it's because you have a misunderstanding of the loving God that I serve. Right. And he just looked at me and I said, and you're Jewish. You realize you were the first, the chosen one. You are chosen. And he just looked at me like in shock. I can't wait to see him again next week and see what he has to say. Because it was just, he saw the Holy Spirit and started asking me questions. I didn't say anything. Now I do wear, I, I have a cross and a, and a Star of David together. And I wear that on a necklace. And I said to him, I go, you remember, because I've told him this before. I said, you remember I spent time in a synagogue. And I, I guess, I don't know if I've ever told you, but when we lived out West, we went to the synagogue every Friday night because they have services Friday night. And then on Sunday morning, and then Saturday Sabbath, on Sunday mornings, they had Sunday school. And we did a home church on Saturdays. So we went to the synagogue Friday nights for, for the worship and the fellowship. And we went Sunday mornings for our kids to get involved with Sunday school. They learned Hebrew. They learned all about the Bible from a Jewish perspective, which was very interesting because, you know, they don't say the name of God 
And my kids were like, Yahweh this and Yahweh that. Right, <laughs> I'm like, right. No, guys. <laughs> but but there there wasn't a rabbi at this particular synagogue because he was um, he was from a different area because it's a small synagogue, small area. He was a cantor. A cantor is a person who leads out in song and worship and things like that. But he also preached. And he he called me into his office one day and he says, so I hear you're a Christian and you have this little fellowship that meets on Saturdays. And I said, yep. And he goes, what's your purpose here at the synagogue? And I said, to understand Jesus better because Jesus was a Jew. And he goes, you're not here to save us all and to proselytize. And I said, no, I'm here to learn. Wow. And he goes, then you're always welcome. And it was so incredible to be around Jewish people and understand how they do things, understand the Bible from their perspective, right. like the Old Testament from their perspective. And it was even funny. There was a sweet older woman who ran the library at the synagogue. She was so sweet. And at the bottom shelf, I'm looking through her, all these books. And on the bottom shelf are all these different versions of the Holy Bible. And I go, you have the full Bible down there. And she goes, oh, it's great reading. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so anyway, I told him, I said, you remember that I've spent time in the synagogue? And he goes, yeah, I remember you telling me that, you know, so there was that connection. Like, I understand where he's coming from as a Jewish man. Right. And I understand the background because we got talking about this Netflix co- show called Unorthodox, which is just like five shows long, but it's all about the Hasidic Jews in New York City. And it was really eye-opening to that culture. And he had seen it too. And so we had a little discussion. Anyway, it's, it's kind of cool because, again, my, my thing is when I walk in a room, I don't <laughs> care if they see me. I want them to see the Holy Spirit. And it encouraged me so much that he did see that. And I don't have to say a word they come out of the woodwork. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we just need to be ready when someone approaches us and talks to us. What's what's different? I'm sensing something different about you. What's hmm. what is that? Yeah, right. So always being ready to just not have a speech ready, but just share your story, share your heart. That's all that this is about. Right. Did you say your three books yet? You said one. Look at you going back to me and my well, shelf. Well, you know, I'm trying to stay on task. I'm a squirrel. I'm a spaghetti brain. So I'm just trying to keep it. I'm <laughs> no, trying I to keep said, it together. <laughs> I said one. And another one that came to mind was um, Jesus CEO. Yeah, I've and heard I, about it, but not read it. I don't have the author's name right offhand. I'm not very good at remembering that. And I should. That's okay. People, but that was a, a powerful distinct. book, an absolutely powerful book. Just talking about everything that you do. You do it for an audience of one. Everything that you do is for is for Jesus. He's your boss. He's the one you go to. Let me ask you, speaking of that, it says that if you commit it, you commit everything that you do to the Lord, right? right? So is everything that we do, if we put it in front of, if we do it in the name of the Lord, is it good? Sometimes I wonder if I should be doing this or if I shouldn't, if I should wait until he guides me. But then I think, well, it's, it's not bad. It's God's heart. Okay. So let's say for instance, missions trips. I've wondered in the past, should I go on this mission trip? And I was kind of waiting for a thing from the Lord, like, should I go? But then I realized this is his heart, is missions. And I was actually sharing this with a friend last night as well, because they are looking at going on this African trip with us. And I said, this is God's heart. You know, if you're praying about it and you haven't gotten like a yes or a no, then then do it. Step out in faith. Because obviously there would be a really solid no. I always pray for the no's. It's so much easier to get a no. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know? And so it's not bad to do something where God is already moving. And so I said, step out in faith and start walking it and see where God leads you. 
mission trips are so life-changing. I think one of the areas that we all have to work on is making sure that we're not following someone else's path. So just because somebody else is called to a mission uh, field and a mission trip doesn't mean we have to. It's easier to follow somebody else so we don't have to make those decisions. So yes, we have to be in prayer. So maybe our part is to financially support. Yes. Maybe our part is to be in prayer for that person or the mission or the goal. But it doesn't look the same for everybody because God doesn't work that way. He doesn't want us all to be the same. We all we all have a space. But you know what? Missions is everywhere we go. So, I mean, you're on a mission right now. Right. We're on the air. We're doing a mission. You know, you have to take missions into every moment of your life. It's well, not all missions. about going. You know, it's what it's what Vainon says from One Plus God Ministries. He says here, there and everywhere. You do missions right here in your family and then everywhere else. Exactly. It's just about having a purpose-driven life, which is another book. Rick Warren, he used to be my pastor. Wait, what? Rick Warren used to be my pastor when I first got saved. Did not know that. Yeah, it was before they had the mega building. There was like 2,000 people in the church way back then. Does that mean that you were more saved than others? (laughs) No. It just meant that I was able to shake Rick Warren's hand because he was our pastor. (laughs) Right, right. But that, that book actually kind of shook me up a little bit. I was in the workforce. Brian was in medical school. And it was, I went to my boss and I said, there's more to life than me just managing people's money and their investments and their loans. I want to go part-time. And I actually talked to a president of a very large organization here in Ohio. And he began to change some of his thoughts and his process about life. Wow. It it was pretty crazy. So this morning I was in a meeting and they went around and said, tell us something that's going on in your life and how we can pray for you. And I couldn't help but just rejoice. I said, I'm living my very best life right now. I mean, I may have rose colored glasses, but guess what? I am so happy, so fulfilled. God is still good. I don't care what's going on around, but God is so good. And... I'm going back to South Africa and I'm ready to go. And people were shocked about that, by the way, the the mouths opened because with the whole COVID thing, they're thinking to themselves, how in the world can you go back to South Africa? Right. Because I don't live in fear and I want to go, right. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go because those people over there need to have us there. Anyway, that's another aside. Uh, we were talking about Rick Warren and, you know, I got baptized at Saddleback as well. Um, it wasn't actually, okay, when I was there, they didn't actually have a building. We were meeting in a high school. And so I went, because I was in the military, there's an organization that ministers to military and they're called the Navigators. Did you ever have any interaction with the Navigators? No. I'm surprised because you're a Christian and you were in the military for so long. Yeah, we just went directly to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these are like, these are like chaplains, they're pastors. Okay. But their whole mission is to support military members. And so they were working with Saddleback because we were in a military area. You know, between San Diego and El Toro and Tustin, there was a lot of us military in there. Plus there was, you know, scattered Navy and Air Force all over. And so when they found out I was military and I said, my friend and I and my husband all want to get baptized. We're all in the military. Made arrangements for us to go to these people's house. It was up on a hill in Southern California. It was a cold February day. Oh, I bet. But they had this beautiful pool that overlooked miles and miles. And it was a hot tub into a pool. So we got baptized in the hot tub. But it was not terribly warm. (laughs) It was a little bit warm. But I think they had turned it on that morning only just for us. And I don't think it had really kind of gotten up to temp. That's awesome. (laughs) But it was okay because we all got baptized together. And it was like, 
a fresh start for all of us. It was really fantastic. It was a wow. really memorable time. And yeah, that's my interactions with, with Saddleback and Rick Warren. And I used to sing and, and do that kind of stuff when I was there. I was in one of their choirs and it was really cool. So one of the things that I'm appreciating that I'm hearing from you is straight from the Jewish culture and it's setting the memorials and always remembering those times in our life where we are hand in hand with God and Mm -hmm. to go back and to remember those because those are good places to be and that God is faithful. Another huge thing that I love about the Jewish culture that I wish we would get our act together here (laughs) as Americans, but just as the church as a whole is celebration. Oh my gosh, we do not celebrate the way Listen, that they did in the new in the Old Testament. In South Africa, is celebration and no instruments, just a heart to celebrate. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh, and the feast, the feast oh, that yeah. they would have. They probably are the ones that came up with the charcuterie board across <laughs> for miles, right? right? I'm sure. I mean, oh that's... my stars. <laughs> I I think about that. So we were able to be a part of a Christian Passover. Yeah, we used to do Passover all the time. Uh, yes. It was part of the synagogue. We did all the feasts. Yes, and it was it was so meaningful. And the kids were a part of it. It was so beautiful. Yeah. And that we did that in the military with a chaplain, a dear friend of ours that was a chaplain. Yeah. And just such a meaningful time. I start, I'm starting to laugh because... Uh-oh. You're not laughing. You're giggling. You're giggling. It just reminded me... Uh-oh. It reminded me of something. So I have the... Okay, okay, okay. I I lent it out to a friend, but I have this book that I had gotten when my kids were little and we were in the synagogue and stuff. And it was how to celebrate the feast from a Christian perspective, right? Right. And it was was a really all-inclusive, almost like a homeschooling guide because it had pages that you could print out and make into these little booklets that your kids could color and do activities. It was was so fantastic. Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Okay. You've, you've got me on the edge of my seat. I just. <laughs> Angie, I've never seen you like this. I love it. I can't. Just thinking of it. Just what did they do? <laughs> I have printed out this little book. I'm sorry. Hang on. I have to get myself together. Oh, this is beautiful. Uh, okay, so I printed out this little book, and we were all we were all gathered around. I'm going to have to interpret as family and friends. We were gathered around to do this Passover feast, and we were taking it very seriously. We were trying to teach our children, and we were going through this little book. And then one of the plagues was on the beasts, right? It was it was plaguing the beasts, but they forgot the R or they added an R, so it was breasts, the wild breasts. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband noticed it at first and was like, excuse me? <laughs> That's like a major typo. <laughs> but I was, oh gosh, it was the funniest thing because we were in the middle of this really serious moment teaching the kids and it was wild breasts instead of wild bees. <laughs> oh, and that's not something that just spell checks because it's an actual word. Okay, I... I <laughs> I'm sorry, so you're talking about the Passover, and that's the first thing that came to my mind, and it was it was really fu- funny at the time. It sounds funny I have, now. I, have to be, I guess you have to be there. Okay, <clears throat> okay, I'm going back to my questions. Oh, okay. You have a third book. You did Jesus CEO. You did, what was the first one that you said? Power of a Praying Wife. Oh, Power of a Praying Wife. And then what was the third one? 
I know your father have has had to have recommended a book to you. He's the one that recommended Jesus CEO because when I was working at the bank, it was hard to work under a manager boss that I was not in alignment with. Oh, that is a tough thing to do. Yes. Yeah, so that book was about, it's not about being in alignment with her. It's about being in alignment with mm. Christ, mm-hmm. that he's mm-hmm. the boss of you. You know, when we get to heaven, we only have to be responsible for us. Yes, exactly. Oh, oh, while you're thinking of your third book. Yes, thank you for chiming in here. <laughs> you better start thinking a little bit harder. No, I'm just kidding. We were talking about, you know, things that remind us. Uh, I, we were talking about a lot of things, but about the encouragement that God gives us as we go through life and we learn and we grow. A very dear friend of mine. Oh, I don't want to cry. A very dear friend of mine said the other day, She's been really struggling and she was asking for prayer to the group we were in. She was, I'm really fighting and I'm going to keep fighting. I was so proud of her. But she said, and she was talking to me. She said, you said to stop reading books about God and start reading the Bible because we can find ourselves reading a lot of books that tell us about God, but we're not actually talking with God in the Bible, which right. is the living word. It's Jesus in the, in the pages, right? And I was, I was so blessed by that because I don't remember what I say to people, you know? <laughs> I, I know, I get it. And I had that happen with another friend. Like, I forgot what I said to him, but we going back to our words can be powerful. And I'm so grateful that I was speaking life because if it had been bad, right, then that would have stuck with them. But it was life-giving and they're still holding on to those words. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit leads and that it's not me that they see. Right. Back to that. Okay, third book. No, that was beautiful. Third. I'm trying to hold it together, Nicole. I know, I'm giving you a little space here. <laughs> Although, hold on. I have to blow my nose. I wish you would have <laughs> I wish you would have given me a little bit of a heads up. No. <clears throat> that's not how we do things. I have to be able to have this element of surprise because I know you love to live life on the edge. Me? I'm doing this for you. You think I love to live life on the edge? <laughs> okay, third book. So I kind of cheated with this third book thing because I'm not very good at remembering either names of books, the concepts, the ideas, you know, all of that. You don't have to have an exact name and author. Just tell me about a book on your shelf. No, but a very dear friend of mine for my birthday a couple years ago decided that she was going to give me a book and I'm going to botch up the name of it, but I know who wrote it. Okay. Redwoods and Whales. That's right. Yes. Phil Joel. Yes. He's got a whole page and a half dedicated to blah, 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 blah. I'm still here. Blah, yes. blah, 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 blah. And you were my friend. And here's the thing. <laughs> you were like, based on a topic that we were talking about, Yeah. I'm going to give you this book for your birthday. Happy birthday. And I'm like, yay. But internally, I'm like, oh, another book to read. So easy to read, though. But it was. I read it in a day. And I am not. And you talk about bathroom books. But I, <laughs> exactly. I'm not a big reader. And I'm struggling in that area because I have. Me too. Yeah. my I, I have with my business personally growth and development books with yes. my spiritual yes. growth. I want to, for my husband, for my marriage, for my kids, it's like everywhere inundated information. So I love what you just said about stop reading about God, start talking to God, start listening to him through his word. Yeah. You got to get, read, read God. Exactly. <laughs> and it's in his word. Exactly. So thank you for that takeaway for me to, to just yeah. be reminded of that. But Redwoods and Whales was an easy read for anybody at any age in the world in which we live in. He was truly authentic. I felt like it was a conversation. He's just talking to me. Yes. Talking together. I loved it. It was refreshing. I love the fact that he 
is the kind of guy, we're talking about Phil Joel from the Newsboys. He's the kind of guy who will not hang out on social media. He tried to continue to promote his band, Zealand. And it was actually something that was a, a problem with him and his label. His label's like, you have to do more. And he said, I can't. Because then the focus is on how many people are following. How am I getting? Are they looking at my? Th- he started getting in just he right into the an- in. into the analytics. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not doing that. He said it changed him, and his family saw it in a short period of time. Very it short period him. of time, and he said, "That's it. I'm not doing it. It's not about that." And right. he just centered himself back on who God tells him he is. He's a very interesting guy. He hasn't changed at all in like the last 30 years. He's still got that long, curly, blonde hair, straight up vegan. Love him. I think he's a great guy. And I loved his book. Yeah, absolutely appreciated that. And, you know, you can still see him touring with the Newsboys United. (laughs) Yes. So it was cool. That one's on my shelf. All right. So we're getting really close to the end of the time. So you've got your three books. Now you're going to go home and look at your books and go, oh, I should have talked about that one. I should have talked about that one. And I should have talked about that one. Because when I was pulling them off the shelf to move these books, I forgot that I had so many great books and too many. I haven't read them. But I, I know that God takes me through periods of time. And right now it's all about discipleship. That's why I'm reading Francis Chan's Multiplied. And I'm doing it with a friend because we're both trying to grow in that area. And it's got videos to go with it. It's almost like a Bible study, but we're more we're doing it more as a as a discipleship for each other. You know, we're kind of bouncing it off each other. So it's really fantastic. So I'm gonna give you a little heads up on what I'm gonna talk to you about next week. Oh wow, a whole week to prepare. Yes, you're gonna need it. Okay. Okay. Because you may have to talk to Brian as well. Uh oh. So I wanna know. What was your biggest life takeaway in every 10 years of your life? So you can go in your, as a child, you learned this in your teens. You learned this in your twenties. You learned this in your thirties. You learned this. And in, are you in forties yet? I'm just kidding. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> yes. I am not afraid to say my age. I'm 46. So I think that would be really cool because oh, I'm sorry. I'm not afraid to say my age. But anyway, <clears throat> was, that, was that a hint towards me? Kind of, but every, every 10 years. Okay. I can think. I heard that. some people talking about it the other day and I said, that's very interesting because it feels like we go through seasons and it's kind of every five years or 10 years. And Shauna Nequest, who's a fantastic author, she said she heard somebody else say every five years, your life is going to change. So don't be surprised by it. Just roll. Just roll with it. Right. So there's things that I learned in my 20s that I didn't know in my teens especially when it came to God. I had no idea really what I was doing when it came to God. I was very afraid of this God because I, the way I grew up. Right. But in the 20s, I learned, oh, he's different than that, you know? And so then in 30s, I had other struggles like divorce, right? And that whole living alone and being a single parent. There were things I learned in that segment of time. And then in my 40s, I started to be more independent. I I learned how to be a single parent. And then I started focusing on me a little more because my kids were getting older. You know, there's seasons. Right. And now I'm in my early, early 50s. Oh, my goodness. I'm proud of you. (laughs) It's all in the paper. You can just read it. (laughs) Anyway. If you didn't catch that, you can read all about Angie in the paper. And my age, yes. And uh, anyway, that's it's funny. Um, And there's things that um, I'm learning now and how life is changing. So I thought it'd be an interesting topic for us to talk about every every 10 years of our life. What did you learn? So So you gave us a little teaser about you and what you've learned. 
Uh, yeah, just, right, a, but, just a quick teaser, but I'll right. get you some more specifics. Yeah. I'm going to think about it too. But I think the big takeaway for this is to be prepared to think about that we are supposed to continue to grow. Yes. And change, and change is okay because yes. change is going to happen to us every five to 10 years. Don't be surprised. Know it's coming and just roll with it. Right. It's growth and it's, it's good. age and it's, it's all, yes, it's all good. Well, I'm going to say that I am super excited to wear my new shirt. <laughs> we'll have to get a picture of you to put yes, it online. I love it. So thank you again to Christy for the wonderful gift. Yes. I feel like I was part of it and I had nothing to do with it. Surprise! <laughs> and then I get to hand it to her. Yay! Yay! <laughs> if anybody wants to jump in on any of these two topics, like to tell us their three favorite books on their bookshelf or just three books that are random, like I would like to know the three weirdest books you have on your shelf as well. Ooh, weird. That's I've, I've relative. Seen, I've seen a friends of mine have had, okay, for a friend of mine actually bought what, like a thousand and one things you could do with cat hair. Oh my god. Arts gosh. and crafts. <laughs> so I want to know if you have like the chicken book that shows all the different chickens in the world since you have chickens. Yeah. Think about that. Three weirdest books on your shelf, three best books you've ever read, and send them in to us. Angie dot in the morning at gmail.com. There you go. You you are rocking it, Nicole. I'm so proud of you. You are a famous podcaster. Thank you. And you got on stage. I I'm know. I'm so proud of you. Your mom was like, she called me on the way home. <laughs> I did. I was like, you won't believe this. Angie made me do it. And I called you Nit. Sorry. I know. That's okay. I've forgiven you. But, I forgave you when the words came out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually lent to the way we interact. So yes. I thought it was really perfect. See, I love my it across from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for today. Have a great week, Nicole. Yes, you too. Bye. The Shine FM Podcast Network.